0: In the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh, they did it. A miracle. A Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot.
2: Welcome back to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. Here live on the Action Network's podcast feed. I'm your host, Jim Root. For this week, joined by the rest of the Three Man Weave crew, Kai McEwen and Matt Cox. Every Wednesday, we're dropping a new Big Bets on Campus episode into your feed, talking all things betting in the world of college basketball. This week's episode is going to be pretty similar to what you've heard in the past. If it's your first episode, as you're joining over from college football, we're going to start talking live dogs of the week, some uh, some dogs that maybe we think can win outright or at least are worth backing getting the points. We're going to talk power conference games of the week. We're going to talk mid-major games of the week. We will tell you the trash man pick of the week, the worst game of the week. Uh, and we will also give a little bit of potential blowout city options. And at the end, we have a spotlight section where we zero in on a trend from current uh, or a recent trend and try to decide if it's for real or maybe not. So that is the layout for the episode. Fellows, let's jump right into the live dog of the week. Uh,
1: where's my dog? A uh-huh, uh-huh,
2: uh, recap from last week. Hey, we did well again. All right. Good job, boys. Yeah. Pacific clean sweep across the board. All of us said they would win outright. They did. Milwaukee also won outright at Cleveland State took overtime, but that still counts. And UAB barely lost at FAU. Granted, that game closed too, as we predicted that spread was not five like Ken Palm mm. had it before. Uh, but Hey, they got close. They would have covered every line, but the closing line It closed, 2 Let's get into this week. We're going to start with Wednesday. Matt, I'm going to present three options for you. You are going to tell me if you like any of them. And I'm going to start with your Duke Blue Devils. They're hosting Pitt plus seven for the Panthers. Lock. They've already <laughs> Lock. beaten UNC. They've already beaten Virginia. Those were at home, though. Are they going to get this big road W in Durham? And by the time you've already
3: heard this podcast, if you're listening to it like a week on delay, uh you will have known that Pitt's already beaten Duke and and the uh the sky is falling in Cameron. I mean Jeff Cable going back to the old stopping grounds, little revenge, after he watches his former colleague John Shire step into the big boy's shoes that he probably thinks he should have gotten, even though he, he shouldn't have. Um, but Jeremy Roach confirmed out for this game, Kyle, like almost surely, and Duke's a different team without him. Um, I think Pitt has a real like, upset chance here. It feels wild to think that we're talking about Pitt as, like, a real double-digit or even, sorry, high single-digit underdog at Cameron, but that's how good Pitt's played,
4: and that's how um shaky the Devils are right now. Yeah, wow. I don't know if I see Pitt winning outright, maybe covering the spread, but gosh, that would be something to Pitt won at your Duke Blue Devils, Matt. I like TCU, Jim. I like TCU plus 8, plus 7, whatever, at Texas. I think Texas is... Shaky. I think TCU is very, very good, though. I did back them and failed against Iowa State earlier this week. Yeah,
2: TCU I think is a great spot too. They're off a loss. Texas just feels like they're overvalued because of the beard-infused performances from earlier in the year Uh, have not been as sharp. You know, they haven't been a disaster, but they just certainly aren't as sharp. Uh, And we know that's going to be a good home environment—the new Coliseum down there in Austin, but. I think this TCU is a great dog team. They're physical. They defend. They're going to make you earn your points, and they can get points on the offensive class, which gives them a little bit of a, a stable ceiling, um, or a sta- excuse me, a stable floor offensively. Uh, for those that are listening, I just want to give you a quick tidbit scouting report. Matt has a live dog on his lap as we talk it's live dogs of the week. It's a section so, prop,
4: George. I know, that's not good. Week.
2: I know that's terrible audio, but I just want you to know that there is something, there's real juice flowing through as we talk live dogs. A live dog is involved. One more I want to mention on Wednesday. Chicago State at Tarleton State. This is going to be a weird season for Chicago State. They're an independent. They're not in a conference. Yep. So they're going to get all these teams in the middle of league play. Incentives going to be really odd for those teams, whereas Chicago State, they just want to win games. That's all they're doing. Tarleton State's down their two leading scorers and Freddie Hicks and Ja'Cory Smith. The Cougars have been feisty all year. Is that something I can interest you in with the Cougars per Ken Palm getting 10 at Tarleton State?
3: Yes, it is. It's uh, Tarleton, like uh, Texas A&M Commerce, another team I put in this boat, where because there's so much fouling and both ways in their games, I feel like the variance in their games is extremely high, and you can see Tarleton losing to a team like Chicago State, just like you see them competing with all the big boys. It it swings both ways. And we saw them kind of come back down, crash back down to earth, I would say, last year in conference play. You could see the same thing happening again again, this year because of the injuries and the depth. And, like, Billy Gillespie is kind of, like, a nut job like he he works his players like maniacally into the ground I think there's real concerns that he does wear his team down and it does take a toll as the dog days as the the pup days of conference commence Kai
4: well yeah and just to add to that Shakir Daniel also missed last game for Tarleton State another starter so they're down all three of those guys sure Chicago State can hang around why not they're one of the best ATS teams in the country so fire up Coogs, Jim I'll yep. give that one a maybe for me
2: yeah, we always talk up Gerald Gillian's impact there. The the coach at Chicago State last two years mm-hmm. has done a remarkable job basically resurrecting that program from the depths of Division I hell. Uh, really, really impressive stuff, despite going to the independent ranks. couple to mention on Thursday here. Gonzaga is at BYU. Gonzaga has had some close shaves on the road so far uh, at Santa Clara and uh, San Francisco, almost San lost to San Francisco. Francisco. The Dimes, so they've, yeah. they've really struggled in the Bay Area. Now they head to BYU, a place that you know, they've struggled a little bit in the past, BYU trending up. We've got a couple former CUSA squads now meeting in the Sun Belt. Marshall is hosting Southern Miss. The Golden Eagles, a seven-point dog on the road per Ken Palm. And then the second edition of the McNeese State-Northwestern State rivalry. I know people live for that down in the bayou. Uh, but McNeese plus eight in that one, they've already beaten Northwestern State by 15 in that particular matchup this season. It can happen. They're always dialed in for that game. Kai, any of these jump out to you, raise an eyebrow, get your attention?
4: Yeah, quick note on the Southland rematch there. Southland rematches have been very strange so far this year. They tend to do a flip floppy. Uh, New Orleans lost in overtime to Houston Christian, then blew them out the next game. I'm so angry I did not bet New Orleans again in that game, even though I should have. Uh AM Corpus Christi did not cover against Incarnate Word in Game 2 after blowing Incarnate Word out. And Sealot did not cover against Lamar. In fact, almost lost outright after winning by 30 the previous game. So some weird stuff happens in these Southland flip-flops. I'm going to stay away from McNeese. What I am going to take, though, is Southern Miss, Jim, because I love this team, number one. And man, seven points, that Moneyline value is going to be pretty darn good for a team that I think... Might be pretty close to Marshall, not quite as good maybe, but pretty darn close enough to take a swing. Yeah, kind of
3: hit the points on Northwestern State. Uh, The Gonzaga thing, it just seems like it's too low of a spread to find much value there in backing. The home Cougars as much we love backing BYU at the Marriott Center, and as juice doubles that place will be. And Marshall still terrifies me at home, even though they've looked more mortal as opposed to the juggernaut they looked in. November. So I think I'm going to keep my slate nice and tight. Does Minnesota at Ohio State have any interest to you guys as a Thursday throw in? So we nope just no. saw
2: Minnesota. Nope. Okay. Good to know. I, and I, Matt, I don't want to just, comp- I'm not going to one word you there. I have them mentioned in Blowout City. So that's, I'll give my, my side. It goes both ways. I like it. Liking Ohio State uh, okay. in Blowout City. So we'll see. Uh, but any others for you guys? Um, I, I have three that I'm going to take here. But any others on the Wednesday or Thursday slates that jumped out to you that you want to discuss before? we give our final picks for a lot of dog of the week.
4: Jim, I got nothing on, on Wednesday in particular. There's a lot of close spreads. We're going to see a lot of really, yeah. really below five point spreads in conference play. Should be a very fun day in general to watch basketball. I'm going with just TCU and Southern Miss on my card.
2: All right, Matthew, what about you?
3: Uh, the only other one I wrote down was Northern Arizona at Portland State, kind of a big sky, deep cut one, just because NIU, I think, has upside with Cone and some scores there and Portland state can get into very erratic styles types of games just because of how they play it very frenetically. Um, but yeah, you're right. Not a very enticing list of options as I just threw out Minnesota to see what's stuck on the wall. Clearly that didn't <laughs> stick though for you guys. Are you right, so what are you locking
4: point in point money? line dog money line dog.
3: Mm, it's a big payout. It is a big payout. I might big put payout. 20 bucks on it. See what happens. And I'll come All laughing right, so back at your face this next show. What are you
2: locking in metas as official show picks for just one Lime dog of the week? Uh, just one, taking Pitt. I'm joining Kai on TCU. I'm joining Matt on Pitt, and I'm going with the, the Wednesday trifecta. I think Chicago State gets that shocking win down at Tarleton and mm-hmm. angers Mr. Billy Clyde Gillespie. All right, let's move to the next section. Blowout City.
3: Fire in the hole. Oh, this place is about to
2: blow. Matt, I mentioned, I wanted to discuss Ohio State here. They will be they will be discussed uh, last week. Purdue Fort Wayne could not get away from Green Bay, unfortunately. And Toledo did destroy Western Michigan on Friday. And if you go back, we were very tepid in our endorsements of those. I think the uh, the blowouts are tougher to find in conference play. You've got more motivated dogs. I think the blowouts tend to happen more in spots than they do in just like good team blows out bad team. Uh, you just kind of got to find yeah, like right. the flu or the travel or what, what, who who is just not uh, up for that particular game. Or vice versa, is there a favorite that's highly motivated? And Matt, that's what I'm looking at with Ohio State. They've lost two straight league games, both very frustrating. They might get Zed Key back, who had his like shoulder kind of dislocated. He missed the loss at Maryland over the weekend. I think they're going to be able to, to get away from Minnesota, who has been admittedly feisty. But the better choice, Kai, maybe on Wednesday. Hofstra laying 21 to Monmouth. Mm-hmm. Monmouth's getting 30-balled by everybody right now. That team is pitiful offensively. Do we think Hofstra scores enough to bowl them out?
4: I do. I, am team fade Monmouth. Uh, I did a, I did it against, uh, gosh, I forgot who they played. It must've been Wilmington, which was fun Wilmington, in general. Yeah. Yeah. I should have faded them again with Drexel. just didn't trust the dragons enough. should have, I think Monmouth's one of the worst teams in the country. It could be bottom 10, bottom five, even it's a hopeless situation there. I do think Hofstra can, can get the blowout on Wednesday.
3: Yeah, I'm with Jim. I would add to your point about when to look for these blowout cities and conferences. Like spots matter, but also the select few of teams that just are starting to kind of peel apart at the seams, and, and that's what Mammoth is right now. Like King Rice tries to defend his team in the press, like, "Oh, come on, support our guys. Play hard. They're young, and they're a bunch of good guys." And you know, when you hear excessive talk about good men and good people, that usually kind of masks the quality of basketball that they're putting on the on the floor. And Mammoth and is certainly. In disaster territory, so yeah, I I would,
2: I think fading Holster is a pretty good strategy going forward. You mean fading Monmouth? Fading Monmouth, excuse me. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Last one worth mentioning: Purdue Fort Wayne. I know we just said they did not get away from Green Bay. They're minus fifteen at IUPUI on Thursday. I think they're capable of blowing teams out despite that Green Bay effort. And Jalen Counter got hurt for IUPUI on Monday. Did not return. Great name by the way. Fifteen minutes. Great name. Yeah, Jalen J L Y N N. Not. Not your typical Uh, (laughs) Jalen, but if he's out, that really hurts the IUPUI offense, which is already kind of non-existent. So I think Purdue-Fort Wayne could run them out if he's he's absent. What if I told you, Jim, that IUPUI has covered five of the last six games? I would believe it. Here's what I would say. It's annoying. I think (laughs) you need to bet first half against IUPUI. I don't think they've covered... I, I think that might be flipped where they've covered five of six full games, but have not covered five of six first halves. Mm-hmm. I think teams just remember how bad they were last year, they take care of business in the first half and they're just like, whatever, yep. this team is not coming back to beat us. We'll play with our food. Yep. And it ends up just kind of being like a kick around for the second half. And they,
3: they've been down 20 points in all four conference games, but yet they've finished. Yeah. As kind of mentioned uh, seven, 14, 14, I think for all three covers, right. Robert Morris, um,
4: they did not Wright cover State. against Youngstown, I don't think. Yeah, but Youngstown, but less, Northern, Northern Kentucky, State.
2: Wright State, Robert Morris, they all cover their down 20 in all those games. So I like that angle, Jim. Very good. Yeah, I think it's I think that's that's solid. That reminds me of a WNBA angle I hit a lot last summer. So haha. That's cross-border handicapping right there. Yeah. Um, all right, that's it for Bullot City. Before we get into power game of the week, we want to get a message from our dear friend Stucky and our sponsor.
1: As a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus Podcast is proudly presented by Bet MGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books, sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200 and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877 8 hope ny or text hope ny in new york call or text the tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in mississippi in ontario if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you please contact connects ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge sports betting is void in georgia hawaii ohio and utah and other states were prohibited promotional offers not available in nevada and new york
2: Power game of the week, fellas.
1: Oh, feel the power.
2: Oh, I can feel it. We're ignoring Thursday because Wednesday is so stacked. Fantastic games on Wednesday. Hopefully you're listening to this on Wednesday morning. UConn at Marquette is where we're going to start. Milwaukee is going to be wild for this one. We know Shaka Smart is a fantastic underdog. He's approaching 60% as an underdog, as a head coach across three different schools. He's clearly a, a strong motivator in those situations. Of course, only getting two points here. It's a short dog. Matthew, do you think that Marquette can unseat UConn and give them already their third Big East loss? That would be shocking.
3: It's too short of a spread for me to like really lean into the shock as a dog thing. Like I need a little more point, a few more points. Let's assume it opens at two. I don't think it will. I feel like it will be juiced up a little bit in favor. Of the Huskies, despite the fact that they're um what 0 three in their last three against the numbers, certainly leveling off. I think They, they, did I cover actually, against Crane. they covered against Crane, they covered against and Crane, yeah, ugly kind of game game. Yeah, yes. ugly barely, near non-cover, I suppose. I do like UConn here. Uh I think they get it done on the road. That's gonna be a nuts place Smith. I, I think UConn gets it done.
4: The market's been against UConn recently. I I think sure, so. Yeah, pretty sure Providence and Villanova both took money. Um Maybe they were Xavier, Xavier took
3: some too, I think. Yeah. I
4: don't think UConn's overvalued anymore. I think they're basically where they should be. Pretty good. Or maybe yeah. even undervalued. I still think this seems really good. And I have a really hard time fading him. But going against Marquette, who, yes, Shaka has a dog. And that home court can be seriously something when they get going, they pressure. I like to think UConn's a little bit immune to Marquette's physicality and, and strength and, and really size because UConn is so big and basically exhibits all those qualities. But. I don't know. I'll have to see what the line here is, Jim. It's going to be a great game either way.
2: Yeah, Marquette, just the offense is beautiful. I've I've tweeted about it. Like, in the past, Chaka Smart offenses were so frustrating and bad, and, like, that was the flaw. And now this team moves the ball so well. Tyler Kolick is one of the best passers in the country. Um, And and, uh, Iguodaro is one of the best passing big men in the country. So just between that, and they've got a bunch of finishers, Cam Jones, Omax Prosper, those guys can finish plays from anywhere. I don't want to go against Marquette here. I will probably make this about what it is. UConn, very short favorite. Kind of sit it out and enjoy that one. I do think I'm going to bet this next one, though, fellas. Alabama at Arkansas. Ken Palm has Arkansas laying one point here. Just a very, very short home favorite. Uh, Oates versus Musselman. Really awesome coaching matchup here. Both guys have really raised the level of these programs. I'm curious to see, Kai, how much Alabama zones. Because Arkansas can't really shoot. And that's been their kryptonite. Teams have been doing that to them repeatedly in, in league play. That's how LSU got a home win against them. Alabama's a really good defensive team, just playing man, but that's how you can, that's how Arkansas scores. So, do we see a lot of Alabama's zone, and is that enough for the tide to get a road win? I think
4: this is Alabama's game. Um, Arkansas, I thought, had a really good home court and was tough to beat at home. They're three and four against the spread at home. Not to mention, we just saw our Mizzou Tigers, Jim Waltz, and Bud, Bud Walton. And really control a lot of the game. I know Arkansas came back and won that contest, but Alabama is kind of on a different level than Mizzou right now. I fully pretty much bought in on this team. And if they're a dog or a pick or a minus one favorite, that's going to be hard to stay away from me, especially against an Arkansas team that they're clearly not at their their top gear without uh, Nick Smith, without Brazil.
3: I can't believe I like Arkansas here. I, I do, though. It reminds me in a weird way to the Memphis-Alabama game last year where Memphis caught Alabama at like the all-time best spot, and everyone was kind of throwing shade at Memphis. Memphis is broken, and they kind of got that, just that good, perfect placemat to maybe not flip the switch, but to catch a really good team at the wrong time. I do think that's what you maybe see here with Arkansas. Um, and, and I think, well, maybe they zone. Arkansas a little bit, but not a ton. And if Arkansas is playing mostly man and more of an up and down free flowing type of game, that's where they can thrive. Right. That's where they look really good at Maui. That's where we know that te- this team is built to, to play well. And I hate that. I like pick Suey here at home, but I do.
2: Yeah. I, I, I get the spot. I think for me, it's about just one team's is clearly better than the other right now. I, I think Alabama's defense is a decent kryptonite because they take away rim and three. Uh, it's not great to take away the three against Arkansas because they can't make it. But if you take away the rim against them, Force them to just live in the mid range. They can beat you. That's how they beat Mizzou, but I don't think they're going to be able to make enough to beat this Alabama team. They're, they are rolling right now. I think definite top 10 team in the country, very much a final four contender. I know they just blew out Kentucky. And so maybe there's a little like complacency to it in the spot, like Matt alluded to. But I think going to Arkansas, you're going to get plenty of motivation out of that team. They're deep. So you can go with guys that, are playing harder. If you you see one or two that are getting complacent, I like the Tide. I'll I'll be backing them. And like Kai said, if it's minus one either way or pick them, it's it's a tied bet for me. Last one in power game of the week: Creighton at Xavier, kind of the undercard in the Big East to the UConn Marquette game. But man, it's it's barely an undercard because both these teams rock. Xavier has been fantastic all league play. They are they're still undefeated in the Big East standings, and Creighton when they have Kalkbrenner, has looked like the the top 10-ish team that people thought they were going to be coming into the year. Big-time battle in the paint mat, Kalkbrenner versus Fremantle and the Nunji Twin Towers. Can they pull Kalkbrenner away from the rim, open things up for drives for everybody else? I don't know. How do you see this one playing out? Mm, I kind of like Creighton,
3: actually. Um, my first thought was like, oh, no, don't fade home Xavier, but Xavier's actually been better on the road this season. Um, just beat Villanova by eight on the road, obviously uh, handled Georgetown on the road, handled St. John's, although those last two opponents certainly, um, you know, don't necessarily deserve much impress. I and mean, in Cincinnati, they dominated the Bearcats in their crosstown shootout. I think they go, uh, all that say, I think the splits are in favor of Creighton for that regard. Uh, and I think the size up front with Kulkrenner back in the mix is such a good Um, a good way to negate where the Muskies have their most reliable source of scoring. That's what I saw Indiana do well against the X-Men when they had success um, early in the year. I think Creighton can replicate that defensively.
4: Yeah, uh, boy, I'm probably sitting this one out. I think the line will be three or four, which is fair. I I see these teams pretty equal. So does Kim Pum. I do think Xavier can have success pulling Cockburn away from the rim. I love the Xavier team. I'm all the way in on them. It's weird to see them kind of in the same spot because they feel like they've been a lot better than Creighton this year. But obviously Creighton's dealt with injuries to to Cockrunner. I got no real side here, Jim. I'm hoping for a good game.
2: Creighton's the hardest team to figure because I, I I mentioned this on Twitter, I think, after the UConn game. Like, half their games they shoot way above 45% from three and just dominate and look like complete world beaters. And then half of them they shoot sub-25%. It's like this team is awful. Oh, my gosh, they can't beat anybody. They, uh, what's wrong with them? they're just super streaky and I don't have a predictive model for when they're going to be on and when they're not going to be. That's, that's a problem. So I've, I've been mostly avoiding Creighton games because of that, because of how up and down they can be. The talent is there. The ceiling is they, they can access a very high ceiling, but sometimes they just get in ruts and they take bad shots and, and don't work the ball inside as much as they should. Um, so given how much I love Xavier, like Kai, and, and respect that team this year, this is sit out for me. Got to sit this one out. Only taking one thing there in power game of the week. Fellas, we've got mid-major game of the week now. And oh boy, do we have a headliner. Wednesday, Charleston headed to UNC Wilmington. The two longest winning streaks in the country on the line here. Meeting head-to-head atop the CAA, both 4-0 in the league. Big time clash in tempo. We've got uh, Wilmington 338th offensively in possession length. Charleston's 59th. They want to run. Matt, who controls the tempo? Does that mean they win the game also? Uh,
3: I do think Wilmington controls the tempo. Um, you mentioned Charleston isn't like as rabid about running this year. They they clearly still play up tempo. I think that's when they're at their best, but they've it's almost like Kelsey wants to prove to himself and to his team that they can win against teams that do slow them down. Like looking at their game so far this year, they were dominant against Davidson in a low possession game. I that was early on. Um, but more recently, like Stetson played into 62 possessions. That game was very competitive. Uh, Towson, I thought, controlled the pace pretty well, and Towson took them to overtime, a shorthanded Towson team. So I don't know. My gut is telling me that Wilmington's the right play here, but my heart's on Charlie. I'm just a Charleston guy all the way through. I'm tired of the anti-25, top-25 <laughs> pulled man's here. They're awesome. I- I'm riding uh, my guy, Pat Kelsey.
4: Yeah, it's really scary going against Wilmington. They're the one of the best ATS teams in the entire country, but I do lean towards Charleston here in a short line. I think they're the better team. I think they can take care of business here.
2: Yeah, Charleston just has so many offensive options. Like if the five that start the game aren't clicking, they just go to another five and they figure it out. Like that, that team is really, really deep, a lot of skill across the roster. It's not like they only have one or two creators, uh, a lot of options. But UNC Wilmington's going to be fired up. I don't know if you guys remember how insane the environment got at Trask last year. That's UNC Wilmington's home court. When they got on their big time run, it's going to be just like that. And this one's like a, a, like a national implications. Like Charleston's going to have the ranking next to their name coming to town. It's going to be a heck of an environment there. I'll say what I want to happen is Charleston to win, so that they get the at large uh, resume boost, and then UNC Wilmington wins the the NC or the tournament title, and we get both these teams in the NCAA tournament. That's my Ideal hmm. outcome, no shade to the Seahawks. Uh, they just don't have quite the at-large potential that Charleston does right now, given that Virginia Tech win that's on the resume. Uh, but we'll see. I probably won't bet it um, thinking about the home team, but nothing strong enough to to back it in an actual wager. Other game of the night on Wednesday in the mid-major world, Southern Illinois at Indiana State. ISU Blue, the Sycamores, sitting atop the Valley at 6-0. Uh, SIU, one of the six, yes, count them, six squads, Two games behind them at four and two, trying to chase down the Sycamores. This would be a huge opportunity. Another tempo clash, guys, just like Charleston and Wilmington uh, in possession length. We got 28th versus three, or excuse me, overall tempo, 28th versus 337th for the Salukis. I'll go to you first here, Kai. Who controls the tempo? Who wins oh, the game?
4: Nice. Indiana State's awesome. And it sucks because we were so high on them coming into the year, but the market was higher, and the market's continuing to be higher haven't really gotten my, my rocks off, Jim, will say, betting on the Sycamores uh, this year. Now, having said that, the teams they've played recently in conference play, not that impressive, right? Evansville, Valpo, Illinois State, UIC. The four worst teams in the Valley, maybe that has something to do with it. that they're, they're looking so good right now, but they did beat SIU earlier this year on the road. I think the Salukis can return the favor here. You've seen this before in Missouri Valley of road teams kind of trading wins. And I think SIU is still very, very good incapable of doing this and they can't fall three games back matt in conference play so i actually lean towards the salukis here
3: i do too um even though i think that siu blue is the better team and i'm not all the way sold on the salukis ISU i do blue. think it's just isu, ISU blue thank you What did I say? siu blue i'm morphing the two opponents or the two teams here i uh i think the spot is very much in favor of the salukis here and even though i'm not a huge fan of their team, I think they'll really rely on defense to win. I don't know if they have enough balance on both sides. I think it's the right spot to back them. Yeah, you're right. The Valley will turn into a parody ridden league. Um, and I think it's it's a good spot to back a dog in that case.
2: It'd be rather shocking to see a team, as even as good as Indiana State is, like run away with this. We, we thought maybe Drake would be a tier on their own in this league coming into the season. Hasn't quite turned out that way. And yeah, having lost at home already, I, I think the road flip-flop could happen here. SIU getting four points I think is good value. And potentially even winning outright in that one so it's not quite a, a live dog of the week because it's only four but I, I think we all would agree that SAU, if you had to bet it i think getting the four points and what with, they, with them slowing it down and mucking it up i think that's the right side okay next section it's the trash man pick of the week the trash man
3: pick of the week
1: i'm the trash man just throw me in the trash you're garbage and you know it Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good.
2: And, man, you you could go a number of different directions here. I think you could pick almost any Ohio Valley game any week (sighs) and just go with it. Bad League, NEC, also has the same kind of issues. But we're going with New Orleans and Incarnate Word, Kai. The second uh, invoking of New Orleans here, as you talked about them in the Houston Christian flip-flop in the Southland. Both these teams are in the bottom 30 of the country. New Orleans, 337th, Incarnate Word, 352nd. Matt, UIW, laying one at home. Any interest in getting involved and, and digging into the trash here? There was a
3: time where UIW was my pet team, um, and that time was last year, and I lost a lot of money uh, posing <laughs> up to that that take. So, I don't know. Kai, you have a better beat on the Southland; it's your neck of the woods. Uh, the privateers, our beloved yeah. privateers of NOLA, seem to be very whack a but I guess both these teams are. So, I have no effing idea.
4: I think in conference play, I think New Orleans is going to be pretty good, but but they're very uh, a very difficult team to trust because they don't play defense, and they, they're a literal sieve. They're also probably playing with fire in terms of shooting. I mean, they're eighth in the country in three-point percentage. There's just no way they're that good of a shooting team. That's probably going to come downhill. Uh, they beat up on Lamar and Houston Christian last two games, but we saw them lose in overtime earlier to Houston Christian. I have absolutely no take here. At one... On the road against Incarnate Word, I'm probably going to lean towards New Orleans, but I'm not sure I have the guts to take it, Jim.
2: Yeah, I just think they're better than Incarnate Word. Who's mm-hmm. Incarnate Word has some injuries. New Orleans coming into the year, I thought, could not compete at the top of this league, but be a part of the solid middle, and they've really sank down, uh, gotten blown out a lot in non-league play. Um, I think they're, their style, they have decent bigs to contend in this league, but they can't contend with non-conference opponents. I will probably be backing New Orleans there. I might get trashy and go with the privateers. Mm. All right, let's finish up with the spotlight section. And this is a spotlight on teams that have been hot or cold over the last three weeks. So kind of a, a current form analysis. This is basically from, uh, I, I looked at Ken Palm, adjusted efficiency margin changes over the last three weeks. You could also go through Bart Torvik and, and filter filter it since, like basically right before Christmas. Uh, But I want you to tell me, these teams that are hot, are they sell high because they are just playing well right now? Or are they legit? We need to change our rating, adjust our expectations for them. So the top five right now, Quinnipiac, is the highest increase in adjusted efficiency margin, big time skewed by blowing out Iona, worth noting that. Um, Idaho State, Nevada, California. Oh, the Golden (laughs) Bears. How about that? They can shoot it.
3: It's the Golden State Warriors, Jim. That's what, you, <laughs> yeah, that's what they exactly. don't know. They've just kind of like morphed into different freaky
2: fry Bay Area. There. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then Western Carolina, also up there in the SoCon. Uh, other notables, Providence is way up. Tennessee just keeps mowing down competition. And Kansas State, a couple of mm-hmm. big, big 12 road wins. Kyle, go to you. Does any of these jump out at you as, eh, this is kind of a flash in the pan. I want to sell high. I-, I kind of like that their values increase, so now I get to fade them.
4: Boy, I think Western Carolina is so high. I I don't really know what's happening right now with that team. Um, I, I guess I thought they'd be okay earlier in the year, but to beat Furman, ETSU, and Mercer all in a row by convincing margins is, yeah, it's impressive, but I just don't think there's any way they can be this good. So I'm probably selling them. Uh, I, I understand the Quinnipiac move. They have a lot of talent on that team, a lot of good guards. Idaho State's probably fraudulent, but I've always liked their coach. Cal is definitely fraudulent. They will come <laughs> back down to earth. I will be fading them going forward. Yeah, let's let's so. get
2: some shorter Cal spreads so we can fade them. Yeah, I'm, I'm very in for that. Matt, same question. Who who jumps out to you as so high versus I'm uh, changing my my outlook? Idaho State, I kind of buy a little bit. Uh,
3: Western Carolina, I actually very much buy. Like this roster actually has some pieces. Um, and it's more talent in the last two years under – Great and they're playing at a higher level than they have. I think this is very believable. They just got off to such a bad start, had a few injuries. Um, man, the fan forums lead you to believe that they're like worse in Mississippi Valley State, but but this team's got some got some oomph. Like they can score. They got Woolbright back. my um, guy Trey Jackson from Iowa State. Like, I, I kind of buy the
2: catamounts of all of all teams. I'm I'm hesitant. They're they're last in the SOCON in two-point percentage right now on offense. Like, I don't know how sustainable a lot of their offenses, they bomb away from deep and they totally take away the three-point line. Number one in the country in taking away the three-point line. That's probably the most sustainable part of it because the SOCON loves to bomb away. I talked to all these coaches before the season for the Almanac and they're like, yeah, of course we give up a lot of threes. Everyone in our conference just wants to bomb threes. (laughs) Uh, And Western Carolina has made a serious point to take that away. So maybe that is an edge to make them for real. Uh, Just from the power conference standpoint, I know this is going to be uh probably insane but i think tennessee's getting a little too high up there i don't know if they're going to be the number two team in the country going forward uh they, we're recording this on tuesday they're playing vanderbilt tonight i have faded tennessee with vanderbilt i could be in huge trouble the listeners You're will be able trouble. to either laugh at me or think i'm wise um but yeah i, I just don't know if tennessee's going to stay up quite that high and continue thoroughly smashing uh, SEC competition, Matt, they're kind of inflated right now by blowing out South Carolina, the worst team in the league. And
3: Mississippi State, just before that, you're right, by uh, what, 24 so or 34? You gotta 34. Beat the, they, they, they beat Chris Chance by 34. My God. Yeah, the defense is very real. Uh, but this is, what, it, this is the whole slippery slope where you kind of ride that defensive love affair into a, a, a high-leverage game and then it kind of comes back to value when the offense goes awry.
2: So uh, be again, careful, I guess. Opponents are making 20.8% of their threes against Tennessee. I know they force tough threes, but 208 would right. be an all-time record. They're, like 25 26% is like Houston
3: or Virginia, where it's like that's just good defense and you're forcing tough shots. But 20% is just like that's not even – you could take 30-second uh, shots shot for 40 minutes and <laughs> you'd still make a higher percentage than that.
4: I, I'm pretty sure their their defensive efficiency rating is the best ever right now. It is in Ken Palm's history. It's 805 there, there is, they're dominating. It, I, I, it has to be the best ever. There, I, it's impossible to be better. Uh, there's only one way to go. It has to be regression, right? It has to be.
2: Yeah, we'll see. I don't know when it'll start. If it starts soon, or if maybe it never even happens, we think Ooh. it'll probably happen. But man, Tennessee, ter- scary team to fade because, like you said, you can bet on a well-coached Mississippi State team and lose by 34, like that's just, <laughs> just the way it goes sometimes. All right, let's flip the other side. Cold teams that are either by low, like this is just a bad stretch, or we got to let them be bad. Don't worry about it. Don't catch the falling knife, as our friend Stucky likes to say. The worst decrease in, or the largest decrease in adjusted efficiency margin since right before Christmas, Kentucky fellas. The Wildcats just have not been impressive of late. Big Blue Nation has really, really struggled trying to figure out what their rotation is. And I get it, it matches the eye test. I watch them and they just don't seem settled. Uh, but other, where, other teams in that boat, Loyal Maryland, it's been bad oh, in the Patriots. Bad basketball team. Yep, agree. Yeah. Loyal <laughs> Chicago, also in this boat. They've mm-hmm. really struggled of late. Jacksonville State in the A Sun and Mercer in the SOCON. I-, I will volunteer that I have surrendered on both Jacksonville State and Mercer, like tanked both their ratings. I don't think they're by low. I think they're just really struggling basketball teams. Kinda, anybody else stand out to you as more by low?
4: Gosh, buy low, Jim. I'd buy low on Iowa if I knew uh, McCaffrey would come back soon, but I don't, so I'm staying away there. Kentucky's probably a buy low team eventually. I'm not sure we've seen the bottom quite yet. We'll see after the Tennessee game. Uh, Buy low on Virginia Tech for sure because Hunter Couture has been out of the lineup. That's the hardest of (laughs) nodding yes. Yep, he's he's back. He's the reason. I agree on Jack State. I give up. I tanked him. I tanked uh, Loyola Maryland. I tanked Loyola Chicago. Done on those teams. Mercer might uptick again. They've had a lot of weird lineup issues, so maybe they they go down the upswing. But yeah, why why bet on these teams right now, guys? Don't don't catch the falling knife. Yeah,
3: all I see here are bad teams or teams that are experiencing regression that was probably overdue. I don't like see any buy lows right now. Like Kentucky, maybe in like a month or so, but not right now.
2: Um, I think yeah, the one low. the one that's buy low is Virginia Tech because there's a clear reason you point to Fair. Couture's status. Fair. Um, some and the they rest, have some yeah. young, talented
3: pieces that can maybe round and you know provide some upside there. And great coach, coach we like. And we saw them get what white hot was it last year or the year before? Um, so yeah, the Hokies are probably the one true
2: buy low of this list. Yeah, but to your point, Matt, some of the teams that like got too highly valued and are now they're in the middle of the regression back down. That's UMass Lowell, a uh, team that yes. was played like one <laughs> of the two or three worst non-conference schedules in the country, blew out a ton of bad teams got all the way up to like 113th in Ken Palm. They're all the way back down to 178th, and I think there might be a little bit more dropping to do for them. Uh, America East is a tough league. Lowell, while having one of their better years ever, uh, it's still maybe a little bit high for them. Regression could still be coming for the Riverhawks. All right, guys, let's do a quick final bet recap. Everything from the show that we thought was at least worth uh, a little bit of a wager. Going back to Live Dog of the Week, I had TCU, Pitt, Chicago State. So I'm going with and going through. I also went with uh, in blowout city, I think Ohio State, Smacks, Minnesota. Uh, in power game of the week, Alabama, hopefully getting as an underdog at Arkansas. I think that's worth a shot. And then in the mid major game of the week, SiU plus four. I think we all kind of like that one. That's it for me. Kai, why don't you recap what you have?
4: In the live dogs, I'm going TCU and Southern Miss. In Blowout City, I'll be on Hofstra. Power game of the week, I'm leaning towards UConn. Haven't decided yet. I will likely be on Bama as well. In the mid-major game, I am probably going to back the Salukis and think about Charleston as well. Trashman, we'll see about New Orleans. We will see. Oh, that's right. Matthew. I forgot. I'm, 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 I'm going to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see.
3: Uh, I'm taking Pitt because... I'm just going to completely zig against the Duke fandom zag and I, this team's in disarray. So taking Pitt, finding Jeff Caples. I'm taking Arkansas against my beloved Alabama boys. Just a bad head spot to, to to back. We'll head to head here with the Weavers. And then I'm taking Charleston going on the road to end this whole UNC Wilmington horseshoe up ass thing. Like It's the better team. I think they, po- they play like
2: it. All right, that's it. That covers everything. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you to the Action Network and BetMGM, our sponsor. We'll be back again next week, Wednesday morning with Big Bets on campus. Until then, enjoy the basketball and good luck.
1: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.